0: at loveisrael.org. That's one word loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson.
1: If you want to grow spiritually and be a mature believer, then you have to have discernment. What does that mean? You must have the perspective of God, and that does not happen naturally. It is the outcome of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. If we're going to be pleasing to God, if we're going to demonstrate wisdom and do the things that are related to the purposes of God, we need to have discernment, we need to have God's perspective. Take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Luke and chapter 11 the book of Luke and chapter 11. We're going to begin with verse 33, and we're going to study two different passages of Scripture. But what we need to know is that these two different portions of Scripture, they work together to teach us how we can have a God-pleasing discernment, a discernment that will allow us to accomplish the will of God. And not just to accomplish the will of God, but to find ourselves in God's will. Why is that important? Well, as we're going to see, it's only in the will of God are you going to experience the presence of God. And make no mistake, we are utterly dependent upon God's presence in our life if we're going to live a life that is spiritually mature, and one that is fruitful, and one that's going to be well-pleasing to Him. And that should be your utmost desire, to be pleasing to Him, to desire to be a well-pleasing servant to our Lord and Savior. Look with me to verse 33 again, Luke's Gospel, chapter 11, and verse 33 where it says, but no one a lamp having lit. And notice that word lamp. It is the same word which can be translated menorah. It relates to that golden menorah that was in first the tabernacle and there later on in the temple. And we need to realize something about the menorah. It is known as the holy lamp, and therefore we find that that lamp is made of solid gold and something else in the tabernacle and thereafter the temple was also solid gold. And that is if you go into what's known as the holy of holies, there was the Ark of the Covenant now the ark of the covenant was made of acacia wood but listen carefully it was covered with pure gold it was a combination of wood and gold but the covering for that ark of the covenant was only gold solid pure gold and this covering set upon the ark of the covenant and upon this covering Were the two cherubim. And we know biblically that the presence of God dwelt between the two cherubim upon this mercy seat, also known as the kaport in Hebrew, or the covering of the Ark of the Covenant. And what's important is this when you study the scriptures very thoroughly, you will find that there is a relationship between that place where the presence of god dwelt in the holy of holies and the menorah which was outside the holy of holies on the other side of the parochet that is that veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies the menorah was also solid gold and the tradition was this when you saw the light and in our passage Light is important when you saw the light you were called to remember the presence of God that he wants to dwell with his people and therefore we as the servants of God we are utterly dependent upon God's presence in our life to lead us to guide us to empower us and yes to give us his perspective You know, in the morning when you pray to God and in the evening when you pray to God, it is wise after thanking him, praising him, glorifying him, that we also pray that we would have God's perspective to lead us through the day and in light of a new day that's coming, that we would be people that would make decisions not based upon how, We see things in the natural, but how we see things based upon the perspective of God. And again, this section of scripture that we're going to be studying, its purpose is to help us glean God's perspective. So we see things from his vantage point and we make decisions that are pleasing to him. Look again at verse 33. But no one, a lamp having lit in a hidden place, places it, nor under a basket. So someone, he lights a source of light, a lamp, and obviously, he doesn't put it in a hidden place that no one can see, nor does he put it under a basket. Why? In these two locations, no one's going to benefit from the light. But where does he put it? It says in this passage, but upon a lampstand. Now, the lampstand is the correct position. And therefore, if we're going to serve God effectively, if we're going to be used by God according to his will, we need to be in the right location and where's the like location in his presence can we say it differently in his will and be assured of a biblical principle unless you are committed to doing the will of God you are not going to be brought into his will so it's only for those who are committed to doing his purposes serving his program accomplishing his will only they are going to be brought into that right location where we are in God's will and it's only when we're in his will are we going to have his perspective that's what this passage and we'll see this in a moment is trying to teach us so we don't put it in a hidden place we don't put it under a basket but a lamp that has been lit we put on a lampstand in order that keep reading at the end of verse 33 in order that the ones who are entering and if we pay close attention to that that verb the ones who are entering it's in the passive which means they are being brought in there's a motivation there is a reason why they are coming in and we know what that is it says in order that the ones who are brought, meaning brought in, it says, to the light they see. So they want illumination. They want God's perspective. They want revelation from God in order to carry out His will. And again, let me simply say to you that if you're not interested in God's will, You are not going to have much in the way of God's provision, his power, or his perspective. God is looking and seeking disciples that are truly disciples, which means are truly committed to his purposes and his will. And that is who Messiah is addressing in this passage of scripture look now to verse 34 where it says the lamp of the body is the eye now notice an eye is how we see things and the context is seeing things properly having been illuminated by a godly source of light his revelation his truth His word. So look again at verse 34. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, whenever the eye, literally your eye, whenever your eye is, and this next word is so important. Now, most Bibles will translate it something to the effect of of, as clear. And that's fine. But when you do a good study of this word, This word relates to something which has not been folded. That's what it literally means in the source language. Something that has not been folded. Now what does that mean? Folded takes something and divides it. You fold it into two or four, whatever it might be. What this word literally speaks to is a singleness. Not being duplistic but rather being committed to one thing a singleness and it's only when we are committed to the will of God that we'll have God's perspective it's only when we are excited to carry out his purposes his plan then we're going to see things correctly if we're not committed to his will then It's as though we take all of God's provision and we hide it or we put it under a basket. It will not benefit us. This is what Messiah is teaching in this passage. So he says, therefore, whenever your eye is single, you have single vision. It is committed to the purposes of God. Then what's the benefit? he says also all your body is light which means this all your body and the word soma here the Greek word for body is speaking about the essence of a person and and all that makes that person who he or she is so we need to have the right perspective that right perspective is when we have a single vision one perspective and that perspective is god's perspective when we are committed to utilizing his revelation let me say that differently when we are committed to his truth applying it to our life in order that we can do what is pleasing to him and then he says verse 35 this verse begins with a warning it's the word for to look. It is the Greek word where we get the term scopus, a scope. And this has to do with something that is an, an instrument in order to give you greater vision. But literally, here we have a verb and it's a warning. We might translate it look out or beware. It's a word of wanting someone to pay attention to what one can see what one is able to discern around him or her therefore the scripture says therefore watch out less the light which is to you that is in you is dark now what's he saying there is a strong likelihood That the source of this illumination is not God. That it's not light. And light oftentimes in the Bible relates to truth, relates to the revelation of God. And he's saying here, watch out, take heed, be aware. Because that which is in you, that light may not be light. But what might it be? As he says here. It might be darkness, that it's darkness. Therefore, keep reading now in verse 36 therefore, if your body is all light, then you will have no part of darkness. Now, notice he's talking about all needs to be light. And this speaks about this singleness, it speaks about commitment, it speaks about that which is solely committed to the truth of God. If that describes you, you are going to be walking in truth, you will have God's perspective, and God will illuminate things to you and for you in order that you can have that righteous discernment in making God-pleasing decisions. So when we are all that's in us is light. What does he say? We'll have no portion of darkness and all, all will be light. Then keep reading in the middle of verse 36. As whenever the lamp, and the next phrase, has to do with a lamp that is burning. A lamp that is emitting light. A lamp that is shining and it says here when that lamp is shining for you that it speaks about here that it will be light for you you will have that source so we have to ask ourselves something am i utilizing the truth of god the word of god the instructions of god in order that what i have is light meaning a godly source of illumination whereby I can discern the the truth of God, his perspective, his will for my life and for a given situation. Now, notice what happens. Move on to verse 37. After teaching about the essence of a person needs to be light, he's going to now have a discussion with one of the Pharisees. And he's going to point out what is a common problem for individuals, religious people. Look at verse 37. He says, but among the speaking, we would translate it. But while he was speaking, a certain Pharisee asked him that that he should dine with him. So we have one of the Pharisees asking Yeshua if Yeshua would dine, meaning take a meal at this Pharisee's house. And we see that Yeshua says, having entered, he reclined. So he entered into the residence of this Pharisee. And he he entered and sat down, and there's a very interesting word. It's a word recline, and this means that that there's going to be a meal provided, and usually not just a simple one, but but a very significant meal, oftentimes having to do with some uh, biblical commandment, some motivation for that meal, in relating to a a celebration something of significance and then we read look now to verse 38 but the pharisee after seeing what did he see he saw something and it says that he marveled he was amazed why well we're talking about a a distinctiveness between the pharisees and yeshua yeshua he was committed to the commandments of god but the pharisees they embrace the oral tradition which has its its source the wisdom of men realize the wisdom of men the knowledge of men is not going to bring you into the will of god and we're going to see that there is a a great distinction let me say that differently There is a difference between the word of God, truth, as a source of revelation, a source of illumination, light, in other words, and what man can conjure up and what man thinks is right and what man thinks is wrong. Again, we are utterly dependent upon God's revelation, his truth, his word. Look at what happens. It says the Pharisee, after seeing he was was marveling because he did not first wash before the meal now what washing are we talking about the pharisees and you can see this in other places in the scripture for example in matthew chapter 15 we have something similar in mark chapter 7 but we have the tradition of the pharisees which is a tradition That's origin is man, that they would go through a ceremonial washing of hands before eating of food. Why? has nothing to do with the dietary laws. It has to do with a concern of impurity. And notice what, what Messiah says, and this is so vital that we get this principle down if we're going to have discernment and if we're going to carry out the purposes of God. We read in verse 39, but that means in contrast to not only the words, but the thoughts of the Pharisee, but the Lord, and notice this, it's always important how the scripture speaks of Yeshua, whether it uses his name or some other title. And here, the word that is used is the word Lord and this is significant because he is Lord he is God Almighty he is divine and therefore his words are true his words are godly revelation for us and notice what happens verse 39 but the Lord said to him now you Pharisees the outside of the cup And the bowl you clean. Now, they have an emphasis on the outside, on the exterior. Why? Because they were living and doing things religiously and everything in their life in order to be seen by others. They were concerned, they were committed to the external, But what does the scripture tell us? That God looks to the inner person, to the heart of a man or a woman. And their inside is what's important. And what is truly inside will in the end manifest itself outwardly. But he says here, look again at our text, verse 39. But the Lord said to him, Now, you Pharisees, the outside of the cup, also the the plate or the bowl, you cleanse. But the inside of you is full of thievery, stealing, and notice this next word, evil. Now, what's evil? Evil is anything that is in conflict with the will of God and here's the problem these Pharisees because they were concerned only with the external only trying to please men only doing things in order that others could see their religiousness what happens Messiah was not impressed and he speaks of them as evil why because they were not committed to the will of God but committed to their own purposes from their own perspective and they use man as the source of revelation the source of truth rather than God look now to verse 40. what does he say he says fools now this word is a very significant word for fool it has to do with someone who knows the right thing but rejects it and what's the right thing scripture And they were rejecting scripture. And we see that, for example, also supported in that scripture I mentioned to you earlier, Matthew 15. Because they were more concerned with what's called the masort haskanim, the tradition of the elders, rather than the word of God. And that is foolish to take the words of men and elevate them over the words and the commandments of God. Foolishness. And that's why he says here, fools why he's speaking about god his father now the one who did the outside or we could say made the outside also the inside he made so we need to see that god is not a god of duplicity meaning he emphasizes both that's not god let me give you an example god is a single-minded god why well the bible speaks about good and evil god goes with the single good he speaks about about darkness and light he rejects the darkness he wants light so when we look at god god is always single-minded those things that relate to him and the pharisees they weren't single-minded they were those individuals that rejected the truth in order to submit to the revelation of man the illumination of man's thoughts and therefore they did not have discernment he says look at the last verse verse 41 however the beginning things and he wants to teach us about the foundation what should be the foundation well when we are concerned with the external when we're concerned with how other people see us what other people think about us and not how god thinks about us we are are not going to have the right perspective we're not stepping into the light but we're in darkness that's why he says however the the beginning things and here's what we should do he says give alms in hebrew we would say give Sadaqa give freely to others this term alms means to give to the needs of others and when we are concerned not first and foremost of ourselves but we're concerned with others we are behaving under the illumination of God because the scripture says Messiah did not come to serve himself but to serve others and we should have that same desire that's why he says give alms and behold all will be clean to you all is clean unto you it will bring about a different perspective when we take our minds off of ourselves and we are concerned with the benefit and the well-being of other people it will cause us to have a clean perspective